Welcome to our podcast. We're so glad you found us. Our prayer is that you listen to this with an open heart and an open mind to let God in. Let's hear this week's message. Here's some quotes about fathers. My father gave me the greatest gift anyone could give another person. He believed in me. When a father gives to his son, both laugh. When a son gives to his father, both cry. It was my father who taught me to value myself. He told me that I was uncommonly beautiful and that I was the most precious thing in his life. I cannot think of any need in childhood as strong as the need of a father's protection. Anyone can be a father, but it takes someone special to be a dad. And that's why I call you dad, because you are so special to me. You taught me the game and you taught me how to play it right. It is easier for a father to have children than for children to have a real father. The story I found on the internet is called The Father's Promise. Football was my sport in college. I played fullback for Tarkio College in Missouri. My wife, Pat, called me Jeff the Jet even after my playing days were over. Thirty-some years later, I was suffering the consequences of my college football, as in I couldn't move. That morning last January, I sat stiffly in the cab of my pickup, watching my teenage daughter, Brooke, my youngest, scramble up a rock wall with her friends at our church with a group retreat. I'd always climbed with them. I looked ruefully at the ice pack on my swollen right knee. I'd overdone it at the gym. Dr. Ritz, my new orthopedist, suspected a meniscus tear and said I might be able to avoid surgery if I rested and iced it. And that was my good knee. My left knee I'd torn up at age 19, and despite a couple surgeries, it hadn't been the same. I was okay with giving up my dream of playing in the NFL. All I wanted was to be a good, strong, active dad. I was reaching for my trusty bottle of Advil when Brooke tapped on the truck window. We miss you out here, Dad. She said, there's nobody to make fun of. Can't you come out and play? Sorry, sweetie, I said. Got to rest these old knees. Okay, Dad, as long as you are okay, by next summer, we're going back up that mountain in California. Remember, you promised. Brooke ran off to rejoin her friends. My promise, of course, I remembered five years ago when Brooke was 11 and I was 50. We went backpacking for a week in Sierra Nevada with a bunch of other kids and dads. We camped out, hiked deep into the wilderness, climbed to 10,000 feet, even rappelled down a mountain face. Me and Brooke toting backpacks that were almost bigger than she was. It was an unforgettable trip, an amazing father-daughter bonding experience. Dad, Brooke said in the end of the trip, this was the most fun I've ever had. Even if there was some things like the rappelling that I couldn't do well, promise we can come back in five years when I'm 16 and I'm all grown up. I promise. Promises were sacred in our family. I'd never broken one to Brooke. I sure didn't want to start doing it. Lord, you've got to help me here, I prayed. Help me keep this promise to my daughter. It wasn't like there was anything else that could fix my knees. I tried every option, surgically and otherwise. For a few weeks after the church retreat, I babied that right knee. When the main pain didn't go away, I went to Dr. Risk again, and MRI confirmed a torn meniscus. I, can't def- I can definitely fit it and fix it with arthroscopy. He said with the same confidence as my previous doctors. I had the surgery six weeks of daily rehab. Sessions later, the knee definitely felt stronger. I could do a vigorous workout. 
One afternoon in April 1, I stopped by Dr. Risk for a checkup. How's that right knee, he asked. Better than I thought, I'd, I admitted. A lot better. I can help you with your left knee, too. Have you ever considered a personal knee replacement? No way, I thought. That's where I draw the line. I'd done a fair amount of reading on a knee replacement. It was a major surgery requiring months of rehab. Plus, there was no guarantee it would work. It was a lot riskier than my last. Then I thought of the promise I had made to Brooke to climb in the Sierras with her when she turned 16. I thought of that frustrating day in January when I had to sit out her church retreat and that picked up. Hadn't I asked the Lord then to help me keep my promise to my daughter? What if this knee replacement was his answer? At 7 a.m. the following Monday, I went into surgery. It was truly an act of faith. Four hours later, I awoke to see two burly physical therapists hovering over me. I went home the next day. I felt so good. I must have covered miles crutching around the house. Not a click in my left knee, not a pop. Three days after the surgery, I told Pat, I'm going for a drive. Before she could protest, I said, I'll be fine. I don't have to use my left leg to drive. Besides, I had an errand to do. I drove to the sporting goods store and clomped in using my crutches for balance. Where are your hiking boots? I asked. The clerk tried to stare at my crutches. What are you planning on doing? He asked. I have a mountain to climb with my daughter, I said. A promise to keep. If you're a father here, a grandfather, a stepfather, a spiritual father, or an adoptive father, or any area of you're, you're being a father figure, I want you to stand up right now. Would you please with me? I believe that God has promises to keep his promises through your lives. And so I want to pray for you, a blessing. Father, I ask right now that you, as you see these men, and God, that you have promises to keep through their lives. God, there are young people hanging in the balance of seeing and recognizing you. God, we need your strength. Father, whether it's physical, God, whether it's spiritual, mental, emotional, whatever it is, God. God, I pray that you right now would map out a space, Lord God, of your love. And Lord, it would enter into the hearts of these men. God, I pray that courage would rise up and that they would face, like this man, face the space, Father God, of or feeling like a failure or or feeling the pain, whatever it is, God, that they would face it, God. And God, that you would be expressed through their lives. We thank you that you are truly the greatest Father, and I pray as you being the greatest, our Heavenly Father, that you would pour in a, a Heavenly Father blessing inside of these men. And we ask for this in the most powerful name you gave to us, your Son, Jesus. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, Amen. God bless you, man. Would you please be seated? Today I want to talk about fathers and obviously being on Father's Day. And um, I want to share with you that, you know, Jesus himself was a, a spiritual father. So many of us miss the understanding because we are, are people that are so attached to the physical space of thinking that we miss the space of spiritual father or the expression of that God pouring in and through our lives. And uh, we're going to find this in John chapter 17. And so if you have a, 
a smart device or you have your Bible with you, we're going to also have it on the screens. But John chapter 17, and we're going to see how Jesus, this is his prayer that is recorded, that's inspired by himself, how important it is that how heaven and earth connect and how Jesus is praying for his disciples. And I, I look at this and go, how I should be praying for my kids or praying for this church family or those I'm spiritually fathering. I'm going to start with verse 6. John chapter 17, verse 6. Jesus talking, I revealed you to the ones you gave me from this world. They are always yours. You gave them to me, and they have kept your word. Now they know that everything I have is a gift from you, for I have passed it on to them, the message you gave me. They accepted it and know that I came from you and they believe you sent me. My prayer is not for the world, but for those you have given me because they belong to you. All who are mine belong to you, and you have given them to me, so they bring me glory. Now I am departing from the world. They are staying in this world, but I am coming to you, Holy Father. You have given me your name. Now protect them by the power of your name so they will be united just as we are. During my time here, I protected them by the power of the name you gave me. I guarded them so that not one was lost except the one headed for destruction as the scriptures foretold. Now I'm coming to you. I told them many things while I was with them in this world so they would be filled with my joy. I have given them your word, and the world hates them because they do not belong to the world, just as I do not belong to the world. I'm not asking you to take them out of the world, but to keep them safe from the evil one. They do not belong to this world any more than I do. Make them holy by your truth. Teach them your word, which is truth. Just as you sent me into this world, I am sending them into the world. And I give myself as a holy sacrifice for them, so they can be made holy by your truth. Oh, Father, we ask that by your Holy Spirit, you would reveal to us truth that as Jesus was on this world and came in this world to pass on your truth, that that's why we're here. Whether we're fathers, mothers, sisters, brothers, co-workers, we're here to pass on truth. God, may we connect with you, Lord, in ways that, that deepen our understanding of your greatness. And that people, when they connect with us, they don't see us, God. They see the connection we have with you. That we are your kids. That we're not of this world. That we belong to you, God. Everyone is seeking to belong. God, may they realize how we belong to you. And God, may the desires, Father, inside of them, that longing inside of them, may it find a space with your love and your forgiveness as we have. In Jesus' name. And all God's people said, amen. Number one in your study guides, if you would, with me. Children are a gift from God. Children are a gift from the Lord. In John chapter 17, verse 6 through 7, we just read this passage, I revealed you to the ones you gave me from this world. 
They were always yours. You gave them to me, and they have kept your word. Now they know that everything I have is a gift from you. Many times um, we look at in children and raising kids, and if you, if you read Matthew, Mark, <clears throat> Luke, and John, <clears throat> Jesus was always, you know, struggling leading his disciples. They, would, they just seemed, no matter what environment they were in, they would get the wrong message. Kind of like kids. No matter what environment they get in. Like, I mean, many times, like kids today, they think that, you know, that money, literally, all you got to do is go to the AATM, and there's just money. They have no idea that how hard you have to work for that so that that ATM can have money as a resource. They have no understanding of that. Or, or maybe when it comes down to, you know, that there, there are people out there that just want to take care of you, like the firemen and the policemen, or maybe the school teachers, and there's all these resources, that, and they have no understanding how much work that these teachers and these firemen and these police officers and the things that they risk to take care of us and these doctors and nurses they have no concept all they have is this this consuming thing inside of them and jesus was trying to teach them and so as parents and fathers i want to instruct you teach them that life isn't about consumption that life is about production that God has put inside of everyone something so special that it will produce who he is. I got to watch my son-in-law, Jake, who is one of the leaders in, in music here. And, and, and I know his story. Most of you don't. And how many struggles this man rose and, and, and was coming in life through. And how life was so difficult for him and yet when I hear about his story this is what I love about it. in fact as I was singing is watching a man worship God I remember what his mother told me that as a child he would he couldn't stop him from singing that as a child he was always music was always alive whether he was you know in the, in the shower whether he was at school that he was always humming he just his brothers and siblings didn't have it but Jake always had this song because God put that in him. God put that in him. And of course, the enemy wanted to take that away from him, and the enemy wanted to take him and get him off course and almost did it certain circumstances. But here he is, worshiping his daddy. And I, and I look at that. How many young people today in this audience, maybe watching this right now, that God has put something so special on the inside, yet it's not found a space to produce, maybe because of something that is in their pathway. Maybe some care, maybe some hurt, maybe some offense, maybe something, maybe it's health, whatever it could be, but something's in the space of the path of righteousness. And see, that's what a father does. A great leader paves a way for others to follow. So all those little things that you're doing and you're working so hard at, and, and maybe it's showing up at the shop and so that you're working hard so that they can go to school and they got clothes on their back, or, or, or maybe it's you staying up late at night sometimes and you're praying because maybe Johnny doesn't get math. Maybe, and maybe you're feeling, some, you know what, I didn't get math. Maybe you struggled with math when you were growing up and go, God, I am so sorry for passing this on. 
I know I have a lot of those moments where I'm bending my knee and I'm like, God, I'm so sorry for passing that on. God, I pray that they're delivered from it, that they don't have to have the same struggles. God, give them maybe different struggles that they can overcome with you, but God, may it not be on account of me not overcoming the ones that are in me. Kids are a gift. Two, fathers, we are given an inside motivator to protect our children just as a mother will nurture. You know, my kids never came to me for Band-Aids, I'll give you that right now. In fact, I look at it, just, I, I watch that go, just rub some dirt on it. I mean, I can think, I can see myself doing that, you know. Um, it'll buff out, you know, all of those things, and, you know, trying to teach my kids. And, in fact, uh, I know that, you know, um, I am, you know, I have a building business, and my boys, they'll, they'll shoot themselves with a nail and pull the nail out and put some duct tape on it, get back to work, you know. And so, I mean, I just look at that and go, you know, I don't know if that's a good thing or not. But anyway, the point of it is, is that um, the point of it is, is they, they, there are things that are, are captured on an inside motivator that they're hard workers and, and you know, because they want to be providers for their home. That's what they, they've learned that, you know, to, to provide from their home. And John 17, 11, 12 <clears throat> says, I'm not departing from the world. They are staying in this world but I am coming to you, Holy Father. You have given me your name. Now protect them by the power of your name so they will be united just as we are. During my time here, I protected them by the power of the name you gave me. I guarded them so that not one was lost except the one headed for destruction as the scriptures foretold. Number three, we are to instruct them and not just protect them. Here's the difficult one. is Well, they don't listen to me. They don't listen to me. And I, I, I've said this before. I'm going to say it again and again. The Bible says out of two or three witnesses, every word is established. I don't regret any time that I've ever shared something and my kids didn't listen. Because I know that somebody else is going to come back behind me and say the exact same thing I said. And I'm not going to get offended with it. I'm not going to get frustrated because God said out of two or three witnesses, Father, I thank you for bringing the witness behind me even though they may have said it exactly the way I did it it doesn't matter because to God thank you that I had the opportunity to say it maybe first or maybe sometimes second or third I'm thankful for the teachers like Mr. Harris that's here with us I'm thankful for the coaches I'm thankful for the, you know, those uh, spiritual fathers. I'm thankful for the children's ministry. I'm thankful for the youth ministry. I'm thankful for Pastor CJ and Joel that are going to be ministering to our youth. I'm thankful for those opportunities where they can speak into these young people's lives. We are here to instruct them. Too many times there's not enough instruction. And so, you know, when, when you're out there washing a car, I don't know if you guys had an opportunity to see them, you know, have them wash cars. I don't know if they were really washing cars yesterday. I made sure I brought my truck here, you know, um, and uh, it's kind of a beater. So anyway, so I drove it over here, and I, and I had a ball. My, my wife and I were just watching these guys just, you know, and they're, and they're showing these little hearts and on the on thing, and I felt loved here as I'm getting my crazy truck washed. I'm, as, that's what ministry should be. Yes, as a dad, you're feeling like, hey, I'm loving, and they're, loving back but you know the truth is that honestly I, I can say this that that's the long-term space 
It takes years because most children, foolishness is bound up in a child. Foolishness is bound up. And many times it's been sometimes when my kids were 30 years old and they said, Dad, thank you. I'm like, where was the zero to 29? <laughs> but at 30 years old, they said, thank you. You know precious that moment was when I was 30 and they said it? When they were 30, not me, it was the, when they were 30. How precious that moment was. It was like all the zero to not 29 never even happened. Number four, children are looking for a place to belong. And without fathering, many times they will look into the world to find a place to belong. It's important you understand that your kids, you don't have to agree with them. You don't, do not be their friend. I learned this from John Bevere. I read a book a long time ago. Your kids have all kinds of friends. They need a father. They need a mother. They need a coach. They need a teacher. Don't be their friend. Be a leader in their life. Many times that they need, it's not, it's not what they want to hear, but it's what they at this time need to hear, that instruction. Stay the course in it. Jesus did. I mean, can you imagine being Jesus to his disciples? Get behind me, Satan. I, I've never said that to my kids. You know, but can, I, can you imagine that, that moment? They don't belong to this world, yet we're sending them out to this world is harder than ever. And we make the statements today, man, you know, it's, what a hard time would be to live in this world. I think about my grandkids right now and in the school system. You know what that's done for me? It makes me more involved. I'm on my knees more for my grandkids than you can ever think of. I'm going to be involved with them. My wife and I went and out and took them tubing. A few of them uh, um, pulled them behind the boat tubing just this week. And we're spending time. And I'm frustrating myself because I, I have so many thoughts of what I want to say to them. And, and then all of a sudden I get into that moment and I feel so awkward. I don't know how to get it out. And I know I'm not alone. And I think it's so important for us to, to capture them. So like today we're going to have a Father's Day at, at my house. And my wife is so wise and and she says, you know what, um, we're just going to have, what, what, is, what is your legacy? Every father is going to ask, and I have, you know, I have, basically I have, uh, you know, seven, I mean, I have seven kids, so there's seven fathers in each family. What legacy do you want to leave? What legacy do you want to leave? I know what I want to leave, that love and worship my God. I love God, and I want to worship Him and serve Him. That's a legacy. I, want, I pray that every one of the men and the women of my life that follow me they would say, I want to serve God, I want to worship, and I want to love him. I pray that's a legacy that's left. Dad may have done a lot of crazy things, may have done a lot of other things, may have accomplished, but the legacy that was left is that he loved God. Number five, you're not designed to do this alone. You need to ask for help. Do you ask the Holy Spirit for help? Because I know I need it. I need help to convey it. John 17, 17 through 19 said this, make them holy by your truth, which means, by the word, the word holy is a churchy word. It means God set them apart. Connect with them. I don't know how connect. I remember when I was an, uh, immediately a, a father of a teenager. God, I, I, I don't have these tools. And this teenager has been thrown through the foster care system She's broke. 
and she's hurting. I don't know how to connect, but God, you do. Set her apart. Make them holy by your truth. Teach them your word, which is truth. Just as you sent me into the world, I am sending them into the world, and I give myself as a holy sacrifice for them so they can be made holy by your truth. Do you capture that Jesus is asking God the Father to father the disciples? How much do you do? I know from a lot of my life, I've felt that I've let my kids down. Never met a father that ever felt he had it all together. In fact, it's an area where you feel, wow, the the weight or the the, uh, importance is so weighty. And you're, when you, if you really get underneath the, the, the truth of it, you're undone. You just, I, God, I can't, I can't. These, these are truly kids that are going to live forever, and, and, they're, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to mess it up. And it's not like trying to fix a car or, or fix a bike or whatever. It's, it's not about that, God. These are eternal beings. And I love how Jesus says, God, they are yours. They're your kids. Have you, I know we do this, we have this baby dedication, and that's a great event, but is that your lifestyle? I'll never forget, in California, my, my youngest son, I go, God, he's your problem. He's your kid. He was in the Navy. And God goes, I got this. I got this. Number six, Fathering is not biological calling, rather a spiritual calling. Mr. Harris, you've been such a great spiritual father for so many. You've not been a biological father, but you have been a great spiritual father. He's in our audience right now, and if you know who I'm talking about. You do not have to bring, and I, right now I'm not going to, we're not bringing any more kids in this world. <laughs> but I am going to be a spiritual father to many and more, and more, and more, and more. I have one young man right now that's in the children's ministry named Christian. I'm a spiritual father to him. And I'm going to continually be more and more spiritual fathers. Because it's so imperative that things need to be passed on. And that many of us have had, you know, biological fathers that have struggled and maybe possibly felt like... They didn't get it, you know, didn't have, didn't get it done right. Or there's been so much divorce and separation and there's just so many things and hurts that have gone on and and questions unanswered. But the one thing that our Heavenly Father is, He's always there. And He's longing for us if we could be a spiritual father. And so, in closing, I want to close on this. There's an example of it and it's found in, Second Chronicles chapter 24, and because of time, I don't have to go through, I don't have uh, the chapter 22, but 24 verse 1, I believe 24 verse 1 is up there. Joash was seven years old when he became king, and he reigned in his Jerusalem 40 years. His mother was Zebiah from Beersheba. Now, again, I'm taking a passage way out of its context. Let me, let me help you. In, in chapter 22, um, what happens is, is Joash's grandmother kills all her grandchildren, all her grandsons, except Joash. Joash is hidden. He's seven years old. He's, young, he's a, it's actually like an infant. 
None of us can even imagine a grandmother that would, would, that would kill so that she could lead. She's just an evil, evil woman. And Joash is hidden. But here's the reason. I don't, I don't want to get into that whole story about you know, that point. What I want to do is I want to talk about one name, name, man named Jehoiada. He's a priest, and he loves God. We don't know if he has any of his own children, but we do know this. He's a spiritual father to Joash. And by the way, Joash is raised in the temple for like seven years. What if all of us, you know, even though maybe they're raised underneath your roof, but dads, what if your house is like a temple? What if it's a place where you can cry because that's what worship is? You can laugh. That's what worship is. You can get in the presence of God. That's what worship is. You can serve. That's what worship is. What if, what if your home was like a temple, like Jehoiada raised Joash? And the Bible says that as long as Jehoiada, the spiritual father, was alive, that the king led a good path. That's a spiritual dad. I'm never going to stop being a dad. Even though I'm a granddad, I'm still a dad to dads. And possibly if I'm, you know, got Jesus tarries long enough, maybe I'll be a dad to dad dads. I don't know. But the point of it is, is I love those moments when I can get in a car or I can get in a space and just pour in to my kids. And here's, you say, well, Pastor, I don't really know how to do this. You don't have to have the answers. Just ask the right questions. Don't have, believe me, your answer isn't correct all the way anyway. Jesus led by questions. All of you know that you can ask questions. And in the space of those questions, your kids will learn how to lean into God. Father, I'm so thankful that it's not here that you want us to have this difficult space and that we have to be felt, we have to have all the answers. Because Jesus, you are the, the way, the truth, and the life. I'm so grateful, Jesus, for your example. I'm so grateful for John chapter 17 where you taught us to pray and how to commit, Lord, what you called your spiritual sons and daughters in the Father's hands. Father, I pray that you help us, whether we're here as friends, we're here as mothers and fathers, aunts, uncles, whatever the case might be, may we learn how to commit our problems to you. And Father, as our children or those that we're spiritually leading are struggling, may we teach them how to commit them to you. For you are a God that cares. You tell us to cast all our care on you. With your heads bowed, no one looking around, Jesus made it a, a real clear point that life could be real taxing, really burdensome and sorrowful. And yet Jesus said this statement, he says, 
don't, you know what, don't worry. He has overcome the world. If you're here today and you feel just overcome, whatever it's trial, whether it be a situation relationally, physically, spiritually, whatever it is, but just, just so overcome, this altar is going to be wide open as we worship God. Come to Him. All ye, the Bible says, that are heavy laden and burdened. He says he give you rest. Let God talk and speak into your life this morning. I want to talk to you, the rest of you, heads bowed still. Maybe you're not right with God. Maybe you find yourself here this morning and your life isn't belonging to God. Jesus said, he says, they need, everyone's seeking a place to belong. And you don't really know that with God, that you belong to him. All you need to do is ask Jesus Christ as your, to be your Lord and Savior. If you're here this morning and say, that's me, Pastor Ron, whether you're watching on TV right now or you're here in this audience and you don't feel like you belong to God, that he is your Father in heaven, I want you to raise your hand nice and high and say, that's me. Anybody else say that in me this morning? That's me. Please pray for me today. Anybody in the audience say, that's me. Thank you. All right, church family, we're going to pray together. And there's a lot of empty seats where people need to hear how much God loves them. Let's pray this week that God pours his love through our lives to a world that we're going to face this week. Say, Father God, in Jesus' name, here I am. Show me your path, that on that path, I might share Jesus through words and in deeds that others might see your love, your belonging that you have for them. In Jesus' name, all God's people said, Amen. Let's stand up. And again, if you are here, weary and heavy, burdened, this altar is wide open for you. Thanks for listening. If you made a decision to accept Jesus into your heart, let us know on the app or on our website, mylifechangechurch.tv. We'd also love it if you subscribe to our podcast and share it with your friends. We hope you have a great rest of your day. God bless.